everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, the Monday Mindset Meeting. Um, I am going to be your host today, uh, Coach Kalu, and I am, will be joined um, by my co-host, Raman Chahang, uh, who's going to be, uh, be introduced in a few seconds here. Look at that big smile, Raman. Thank you. Uh, before we get into that, thank you all for showing up. I know it's a holiday and all that jazz, but as you know, business, there's no real holidays or learning, there's no real holidays. So um, we really appreciate you coming out today. And those people who didn't get a chance to join us and listening to this later on, uh, you don't want to miss today because we're really going to be talking a little bit about Think Like a Recruiter. Uh, a little bit of a twist today, though, we're going to talk a little bit from the employer standpoint, as well as from the employee standpoint. So for those people, depending on what uh, side of the fence you're on with this, you'll be able to get some information. You know, the Monday mindset, for those who are new to listening to this or joining us today, is really about getting really clear in one particular area of the mindset for this expertise subject, right? And that's really what's about and how can you take imperfect inspired action and, and then what can you do for this week? And if you do have some questions, um, please ask, we'll be able to do that. Before we get into that, you have the chat box. That's a great resource where you can let us know uh, what business are you in uh, where are you in the country or city or world? Um, so that way, Raman and I kind of know uh, to make sure we, we acknowledge that, at least who's in the room, so to speak. Uh, and as well as that's where Catherine um, Monroe is going to be adding some additional links and stuff like that for you guys to be able to, uh, to take away uh, for today's mindset meeting. So, um, so again, if you haven't done that and if you have questions, please put that in the uh, chat box. But um, let's just get right into it. Let me introduce Raman. And, and those who've been listening or have been participating for a while, you'll know that Raman is actually back today. Um, she's back and she's going to help us with a mindset of thinking like a recruiter. Raman's work as an HR journalist, specialist, and leader has taught her how vital it is to find, retain, and enrich the lives of people who can move organization forward. Uh, she believes that the human side of business is the greatest asset, and she's fueled by a passion for people, relationship building, and aligning resources with the right opportunities. Uh, folks, let us welcome Raman. Raman, welcome. Did I miss anything? No, you didn't. Thanks, Kyle. I'm so excited to be back here talking to the group. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for that. You know, the last time you were here when we really were kind of helping the employee how to really work on their personal brand and making sure. And those who haven't seen that episode, you could definitely go back and see that because I think that's where a lot of people uh, miss the opportunity to know that one, they are a personal brand and the, the potential employer have no idea who they are and therefore they really have to put their best foot forward. Because I find a lot of prospect, you know, prospect in, or the, um, the candidate is always focusing on how to answer the questions. And they miss the opportunity to actually showcase themselves. Do you feel that's the same thing? Like, what's your observation on that? Absolutely. I totally agree. I think, you know, we get so focused on answering the questions and what a typical interview question is going to look like um, and answer it perfectly that we actually don't look at sometimes at aligning our story and see how it aligns to the organization's mission, their vision, their values, and their culture, right? And so um, candidates can be focused on, you know, their skill sets and focusing on the skill sets rather than learning more about the organization and aligning with the culture. And at the end of the day, we've worked hard to build our organizations and our companies, 
Um, and so we want people that are aligned, not only in what they do, but also with what we've created and what the tone of our organization is and what our, what the culture is. Yeah, I, I really like that, you know, as a, as a great recap for those who pe- pe- folks who may not have seen that, because oftentimes, you know, being recruiting for a, uh, a potential employee, I find I'm constantly in my mind thinking, what a missed opportunity. You could have said this, you could have, told, but they were so focused on the right answers, almost like the Miss America pageant, like, uh, there you go. You know, and that <laughs> smile at the end, and I was like, uh, why don't you just get right into it? But it's just a segue a little bit, Raman. So when you think about think, uh, think like a recruiter, what exactly is that? Like if you can narrow that down, what is the mindset on that? Yeah, for like organizations to think like a recruiter is really to get into the, you know, can we all do recruiting? We absolutely can, right? But the advantage of having the recruiter is really getting your story out there, using the recruiter's connections, um, and how they build rapport. Um, you know, like it's, it's the same as marketing, but it's someone that specialized that takes your story out there so you can find the right person, right? Um, you know, there's organizations that even I've worked with that have had revolving doors on you know uh, roles that can be found quite relatively easily but the person is just not the right fit right mm-hmm. and so that's where the recruiter comes in and that's where organizations really need to focus on you can find the skill set but what's the true fit for an organization and your culture you've worked hard as an employer to stand out from your competitors you've created your story right like what's going to you know, separate me from this, my competitors in this niche, right? And so you have to make sure that you're bringing on candidates to your organization that are aligned to that story and that niche and can really take that story out. And recruiters generally do that. They hone in on the skill sets, but they ask those interview questions that really bring out the story. Um, The the story for that fit is what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, there's so much I want to unpack in there because I'm not sure when the roles switched between us because you just dropped a whole bunch of things there and now I'm trying to unpack it. Um, But just to come back from a mindset perspective, you know, when we think about recruiting, what I heard you say there, and so offer some clarity if need be, it's more around finding the best fit, not always the most qualified. And so I think, you know, and I have my own stories on that, but I think, you know, that's the thing that people are constantly consumed about uh, about the most qualified. So I, I want to share my view on it and I'd love for you um, to agree or disagree. And I mean, despite what uh, Catherine and Christopher says, I'm okay to be wrong. Um, Carmel, Carmel knows it was coming. <laughs> she just Why is he so shaking heads here? <laughs> um, I'm okay to be wrong in the sense that I don't believe it's about the most qualified because the most qualified may not be a fit for my organization. And so what is it? Is it the most qualified or is it the best fit? Yeah, you know, it's such a a controversial topic, right? Because there's a lot of folks that are just like, no, we need the qualifications. And the fit can, like, if it's a highly technical role, we need the qualifications. Yeah, I agree. You do. Because it's, you know, there's chances if it's a highly technical role, there may only be 10 people in Canada that have that skill set. Right. But in other roles, what I found as a recruiter and people, and I'm on the same page as you, and others may disagree with me as well. But I honestly, I feel that 
it's the fit that's important mm -hmm. and the the ability to be coached um mm -hmm. and right so if they have those two things um then they're a fit because skills can always be taught mm -hmm. we all have a learning period right the first 90 days to six months is all a learning period you're learning the culture you're learning right and even if we promote individuals within an organization Mm -hmm. They're still going to learn that new role, right? So as as long as they have that know-how, the aptitude, the attitude mm -hmm. um, to learn, and but they fit your culture and what you've established for customer service and how you serve your clients, I think that's what's most important. And you know, I've hired um, based on that, and it's it's I've seen nothing but success. I, I really like that. And so I want to hear about two sides of that fit. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think sometimes the candidate doesn't understand. And I've said it before. I've said, listen, you have to understand that I know my culture. I know the organization culture. And what I'm looking to do is bring someone in. Because it's clear if you got the interview, you're qualified. Right. It's clear that you we like something on the resume, the experiences. We're just really there to assess sometimes that fit and may clarify some of the qualification just to be sure, depending if it's a high um, uh, technical role that requires certain, you know, accreditations and stuff like that. Um, and so while we're answering the question, this is why it's so important to bring your personal brand and story to it, because I need to assess how that fits. So I'm actually curious in some folks who have recruited to hear from you guys, if you've done any recruiting, um, what were you guys looking for? Were you guys looking for fit? Did you learn to look for qualifications? What was most important for you? Uh, so while you think about your questions uh, for that, I want to ask you, um, Raman, when you think about the fit now, thinking as a recruiter, what should the employer keep in mind when they're looking for the best fit? I think you touched on it briefly, but I'm just curious, like if they had to narrow it down, what is the one or two things that they should be looking for? Yeah, and I think, you know, one the main thing I, I always recommend is define your culture. Mm. We create culture, we have experience through culture, but when we're sitting in front of a candidate and we're telling, we have a unique culture here, and so we're trying to assess whether you're going to fit into this unique culture. And so as a candidate, I'm sitting there going, how unique are you and how are you defining unique, right? So you have to give them a whole picture. If they're not a part of that defined culture and your story that you're going to tell them on how you live and breathe your culture, um, they might self-select out as well, right? Mm -hmm. But one thing is really, really define your culture. What is culture? It's, it's a buzzword that we use, but not many organizations define it. And that's where one of the mistakes happen because a lot of times we'll sit there and within 90 days and it's not the skill set, but it's actually, mm, they're just not a fit. Why? Right, let's Why? define it. The yeah. second thing is, and it kind of is a like a sub piece of your culture, is really define the values of your organization. Mm -hmm. um, what do you live and breathe by? And what are the core values of the organization? And these are things that every candidate should know and be able to answer because these are the core pieces that you make your day-to-day -day decisions on. When you're stuck in, in a very difficult situation, you're going to be going back to those values, right? And saying, based on my values, what's the best decision I'm going to make for this organization? If you have an employee relations or an employee issue after the person has started, you're going to go back to the values and say, this is not, this behavior isn't aligned to the values because, because it makes those difficult conversations so much easier to have, right? 
And you've set the tone right before they enter the door, right? Yes. So those are the two things that I'm going to turn around and say, hands down, if anything else, please do those two things so that they know what their expectations are coming in. Okay. Um, remember, we only have like 30 minutes and I have to, and I have to catch a flight right after this. So I, you're going to make me go over. <laughs> um, here's, here's the, oh my goodness. We have, an, we have another one. I'm going to have to come back, aren't I? <laughs> you have to, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, my goodness. Folks, I, I apologize for the excitement in my voice, only because um, Catherine, I know, knows I can go on about this thing. Here's the thing about culture. If I could just give you further information for those, you know, employers who are listening as well, is that the culture will happen with or without you. What Raman mentioned is you need to define it. If you, do, if you do not define the culture, the culture will define you. And we've seen organizations that have, they have a toxic culture. Those leadership did not say, okay, guys, let's have a toxic leader. <laughs> let's have a toxic culture here. Everyone hate each other. Everyone, like, they did not do that. But it's because of lack of their participation and definition is what allows for that culture to exist. And we've all either worked with an organization like that, or we know of an organization like that, or we have friends and family that keeps going on and on and on in our air about that. So define the culture. What type of culture do you want to create? That is really, I think, is, is key. And the second part, Raman, that you touched on was that value side. So again, you as the employer or the senior leaders or leaders in the organization must speak for the entity of the organization by saying, here are some of the core things you value. And these are the things that you want these minions and AKA employees in the organization to execute on and here's the final thought on that. Make sure it's true. Don't tell someone your culture is this and your values are all these great things. And then you get in hearing that they're all about killing puppies. You know what I mean? Like that is a big problem, right? Because when they speak to their employees, they'll find out, oh yeah, that's what they say. But in the real world, here's what we really do. Don't say you're fun, friendly, and caring and say that is your core value and you're not fun, friendly, and caring. Like that is, I think is such a huge disservice for everyone, for the entity of the business, the people who are trying to lead in the business and the people who try to work, right? So Catherine, if we do a good job at this already, please remain seated. Thank you. I appreciate that because it's what we do, right? Sorry, Raman, I went off a little tyrant there, but um, let's just switch from an employee side now. Yeah. Thinking from the recruiter, how can the employee get really clear um, that they need to know? Because this is what recruiters are going to be looking for already. I mean, I think you said some of it already, but is there yeah. something specifically for an employees to also hear? Um, and so just to clarifying as in candidates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what, what's important for them to hear is a clearly defined again, culture and values um, and what expectations are coming into the organization. Right. And if you're looking at a candidate that you like, they're going to come and they've, they're going to have to like, they, they've already done their research, right? They've searched your website. So you have relevant information on your website about the organization. They've looked through LinkedIn and done their research. Who's there? What roles are there? How big is right. the company? Um, and you know, when they're applying, you're going to be looking for through at least 500 resumes these days, right? They are going to know that they've set themselves apart. 
Um, and so that's for both employers and, um, you know, future candidates to know that they need to set themselves apart and align themselves not only to the job description, but to the culture of the organization. And as an organization and as an employee, I want to ask the relevant questions mm -hmm. that are going to um, get me that role. So they've already made it to the table to meet with you. But as an employer, have the expectations to listen to their questions and what types of questions they're asking, right? Um, that'll, that'll give you their engagement factor, that'll give, the, give you a sense of who they are and how they're gonna fit in with the organization. And that goes for the employees too. So we're marketing the company on this side, right? And we're telling our story and we're marketers, but then the recruiters come in and the employees come in, but they're marketing their story as well. And both marketing stories have to come and merge together. Yeah, I love that alignment piece because this is an opportunity if they know they've done the research like you were saying, uh, Raman, and they know about their personal brand already and they already have their unique stories ready to go of who, what makes them unique um, because they, they could speak to that and I, I have a pet peeve issue with that other piece. But anyway, I'll come back to that. Um, so they know their unique stories, but because they've done the research, understand the culture, perhaps they get a sense of the culture, as well as the values of the organization, in their answers, they should be answering to that. So there's another way for them to showcase, right? So they could say, you know what? Um, I know you guys are really big on this stuff as well, at least what I've, I've read or researched. And, and that really resonates with me because, you know, for me in my experience, I've done the following thing as well that further shows that we are aligned. The pet peeve I have is when an employer says to someone, well, Raman, why you and not these other people that we're interviewing? And I'm just like, well, I don't know who these other people you're interviewing. Unless you want me to help you recruit them, then let's talk about their resumes. Let's talk about all that comes to table. So I would say to a candidate, just say, listen, I'm not sure who else you're interviewing, but I can tell you this about me and bring it back to my personal stories and my things. I know this is how I'm gonna show up. I understand the role is primarily supposed to be this, and this is what I have done with that role, and make it about that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So before I continue, Raman, I'm just curious from those people, anyone who's done any recruiting before would like to, um, maybe agree or disagree with the focus like what is the area that you focus on when you're recruiting do you focus on fit or do you focus on um the qualifications so to speak who would like to go first who should i pick on daryl did you say no daryl sure yes, sure <laughs> good morning everybody happy long weekend um that was great um presentation today it's actually so i don't recruit but hiring mm -hmm. so we just have small offices so it's just me and an assistant so i think that fit is everything mm -hmm. stuff can be taught um but who's the person and if you can break them out in an interview to who they really are means everything and I think you have to approach that too um, if you're on the other side. So I love your comment too, Kyle. It's like, mm -hmm. well, if you want to tell me about all the other candidates, I'll help you realize why it should be me, right? Um, <laughs> like, you just, you have to be yourself. And I, mm -hmm. people get so hung up on trying to be the perfect person mm -hmm. or do the perfect interview that they don't come across 
or they're lying. Yeah. And, and that's it, just, it will show. That's, that's, yeah, it will. And, or they're good at it and you think they're the right fit. And because they weren't genuine, you run into so many more difficulties. Yeah. after you hire that person then you may lose actually the right person so right it's a it's tricky how do you how how do you create honesty and integrity in that meeting because people mm-hmm. are nervous daryl thank you so much for uh for uh, participating in that and sharing your perspective i have a comment on that as well and then i'll come to carmel in a second because carmel has extensive knowledge and experience on being on the other side of the the aisle as well. And so I'm curious to hear from her. Uh, to Daryl's comment there, Raman, when he says, you know, how do you make sure you create a, um, an environment that people can be honest and also have some accountability? And, you know, the first thing I would say, Daryl, is I often say to people, you know, either at some point in the interview, I say, listen, I appreciate this interview. I want you to know that your accountability is going to come in, our decision is going to be made based on what you told us in this interview and what we reviewed on your, your um, resume. And so while you're doing your onboarding, those are the things we're going to be looking out for. And again, Raman mentioned that as well, right? By saying the conversation is easier to have when they're going through the onboarding, when that they said something that's not true or they can't execute on, we can say, okay, but remember when we told you that the culture is this, the values are this, this is what the role is supposed to be. So I always say, hey, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me, but just know throughout that process, I'm going to come back to this moment and say, well, you said you could speak four languages. You said you could do the following things. Your resume identified. And if that's not working, then it's very clear that maybe this person's not going to stay in the organization because, again, they said one thing and they're doing uh, another. And I find sometimes I've called people to offer them the job and they said, you know what? Uh, yeah, no, thank you for everything. Uh, I ended up taking something else. I'm like, okay, right? And I, if I go back to the interview, There were pieces when I said that, I saw their reaction and thought, yeah, they know I'm going to hold them accountable. Raman, what do you say to that? Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Perfect. That was simple. Great. No, I think you you covered it. The one thing that I really want to say to like organizations though, like, and I, I, we only have a few minutes here, but I wanted to really get that out there is recruitment from an employee perspective is very, it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. and it costs a lot of money right yes. and so you can kind of like when you're factoring in postings interviews references salaries and then onboarding and then making you know it takes three to six months for anyone to be fully functional in their role yeah. you, can, you know it's like it's a good chunk of money right mm-hmm. and you don't want to, as a business owner make that mistake of hiring the wrong person to come in because then you're back at square one and right. all that is gone And the onboarding is going to help you to make sure these folks are set up right. Because oftentimes we're like, okay, welcome to the team. Go sit with Daryl and he'll teach you everything. Go sit with that one without a clear onboarding process. Like, you know, and that's a whole nother conversation. I think Raman, that's where you're coming back. You're coming back for Uh, Catherine. She's coming back for onboarding. Okay. So we need to talk about onboarding only because you know, that's not done right. And so, you know, and, and I'm, you know, no jokes aside, I'm, I know when Catherine came on, that was something that were delivered with her. We said, Catherine, the next 30 days, you just need to do this. 
And 30 days after that, okay, now you need to do this. Instead of, here's your 56 things you're responsible for, go, right? And I think that's how we have to effectively onboard people because it's such an expensive thing to constantly do it. And I know employers dread recruiting. They don't because of the time and money and all that other stuff. So this is why we often say, I'm a big fan of fire slow and hire fast only because let me work with you. Let me see how we can, you know, make sure you have the right tools and resources because it's going to cost me four, four, four or five times more to go back to the recruiting. If they're not a fit, they're not a fit. I'm not saying work with someone who you know based on reasons it's not a fit. But uh, let's come back to you. Carmel, tell us about the employee side or the candidate side of the, in, you know, the recruiting side of it. Like, what has been your experience around um, maybe some of the information? Did you wish that Raman had come on <laughs> this, this program a lot sooner to give you some stuff? Or what are you seeing? Are you people looking more for qualifications or is it fit or like what's what has been your experience i needed ramen three years ago let me tell you <laughs> um yeah out of all the interviews i did other than one mm -hmm. uh, culture wasn't even brought up in an interview oh. right it just wasn't even discussed Right, so you go and you check out the company and you do all your research, but you have no idea what their culture is going in and none of them talk about it during the interview. They are literally just interviewing for skills. Wow. Um, and yeah, and so, and again, how are, they, how are they even effectively interviewing that skill? Because Raman, you and I both know some recruiters are not skilled in that skill they're trying to <laughs> recruit. So therefore, how are they asking the right questions for that, right? And if they're in that generalist role, it's just really kind of all over the place on that. And so, uh, Carmel, just back to you really quickly there. Um, and so when you're going through the questions and stuff like that, the questions that you're asking, how effective are they with the answers? Were they able to provide some of those? Like, what would be an example of a question that you were asking that they either couldn't answer or it didn't give you, the candidate, a clear picture of the organization's values? Interestingly enough, one of my questions was always about culture, you know, what they believed in, what, you know, what their values were, that kind of thing. And a lot of them could not answer it. And I always ask the question of the person that I'm interviewing with, why do you like the company as well? And a lot of them had issues with that question as well. Oh, oh Raman, go. Go, Raman. No way. <laughs> Right? Wow. Wow. I'm just, I'm floored, right? Like, it, it's kind of turns around to me and says, okay, well, how is that work environment as a candidate? And do I really want to be there if they can't define that? Because there is going to be a whole mishmash of stuff going on in that organization that I just have so many red flags on that I wouldn't even want to join, right? So as candidates, we also have to make sure, like employers, listen up, right? Candidates, um, there are a lot of candidates out there. They're all looking for jobs, but at the end of the day, we all have choices, right? There's so many opportunities now that we work even from remote that those, you know, they exist. We have to get our stories aligned. We get what we need to get defined because it's easy just like how you know um kyle said it wasn't your situation but like candidates will turn around and say no if, if these core things aren't defined 
Yeah. Thank you, Carmel, for that. I really appreciate that. Um, we won't be doing the Q&A section today, um, Raman. So how can people get a hold of you? Like who, like who should call you? Like who needs yeah. to chat with you? Yeah. Um, and I know, I know Catherine has put some of your information there, but what are you going to be up to next? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, the, my, my contact information is within the chat, but if it's candidates or employers alike, um, if you just have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we're happy to, you know, help you create those interview guides or coach you through um, what you should do as an employer to like make sure that the right person comes on board so that, you know, you're not going in cycles and losing um, revenue to your organization that you could actually put somewhere else, right? And Excellent. So, yeah, for sure. And, and since you will be back to talk about onboarding, what exactly are you going to be talking about when you come back to talk about onboarding? <laughs> so when we talk about onboarding, you know what, we'll be focusing on the importance of, of the candidate coming in and how you should be structuring it and keeping it human to welcome them. Uh, because the, the first week, the first well, about three days actually make it or break it for the candidate. They're going to make that decision within those first three days, whether they're going to continue looking for another job or if they're going to stay with your organization. So that's Thank what you. That was good, Robin. Look at you right on the spot. Catherine, I hope you wrote that down. Um, that was brilliant. And so in, so there's one thing that you guys can do this week is think about your culture. Think about the, your culture. What does that look like? Define your culture. And if you don't know, and if you're curious, I will dare you to test your employees. Go to your employees and says, how would you define our culture? How would you define our culture? And if you're hearing the same thing, congratulations. If you're not hearing the same thing, you might have some work to do and you can reach out to Raman or myself and we'll be able to help you through that. And again, be clear with your values. What are your corporate values? What does that look like? If the entity of your organization could speak, what would it value the most? Don't try to remember the 17 core values that's on some hallway somewhere. Just remember, what is the one thing in your corporation you could say, hey, this is what we value and this is what we do time and time again. Raman, thank you so much for being here. I hope this was uh, informative for everyone. I really appreciate your feedback in the chat as what resonated with you the most today. What are you going to be able to take away from this conversation? Um, and again, reach out to myself as well. And I appreciate you showing up on the holiday. These are some die hard folks, Raman. And so thank you so much for that. Linda, we see your comment there, and thank you so much for that as well. Um, you know, those are things that we could address as well. Please connect with us. We're more than happy to try to connect with you um, as well. And share this. Uh, if you're not on our podcast, you should be. And if you're on the podcast, then hello, welcome. Uh, we will see everyone next week. Thank you so much for joining us. We have Andrew. Where is he? Andrew is going to be talking about the website message clarity. Andrew Forbes brilliant guy. If you want to see what kind of great work he does, look at our website because he recently just revamped that for us. So you want to stay tuned and come back for that. Thank you, everyone. Have a great uh, week and we will see you soon. Uh, cheers.